Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rock and Beards podcast, where typically we go through rock albums track by track and give the thoughts and opinions on every song, whatever strikes us. But just a little pivot as I uh, decided to run through every single one of Bjork's albums and do the same kind of format, track by track, giving thoughts on each one. And today we will be talking about Homogenic. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited to get into that. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I will be the one guiding you through, well, my thoughts. And uh, I look forward to seeing your thoughts up in the comment section below. So if you want to make that effort to put in a comment to, you know, add your experiences with Bjork, what inspired you about the project, just different things that you know that are particularly cool or interesting, I would love to hear them as you go along with this uh, little journey with me. On that note, to show you how serious I am about the comments, I think it's cool to start everything off with my favorite comment on last week's video, which, uh, whatever it's kind of whenever video but recently we did missy elliott's uh super duper fly and on that nomi hagen i think it's hagen if i said that wrong i'm sorry she said love missy i'm ready to see your reviews about her work and then follow that up with during the hit him with the he music video there was a bjork sample of the joker song from homogenic i didn't actually look up how to say that and i thought that was super freaking fascinating because that same day that i got that comment i had just listened to both the homogenic and uh the super duper fly at like the same time like i listened to those two albums back to back and i thought it was super nifty that the universe can kind of flow just these things that are connected like that together and just I don't know like it's just such a little trivial detail but just the fact that of all the albums in the world I ended up doing listening to those two back to back and they're connected in such a way I thought that was just truly fascinating so either way I wanted to share that with you and if you if you have trivia like that or just things that you want to share I, I love learning and I would love to hear it all and y'all are way cooler than Google because we can talk and Google gives bad information sometimes on that note, special thanks to the patrons in advance, uh, Ismail Gadamsi, DJ Black Hurricane, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, Linda Williams. We'll talk a bit about that at the end of the video. On that note, I think it's about time to get into this, and we are going to be talking about Bjork's homogenic album uh, today. Uh, so I like to start off the reviews kind of describing my connection to the artist because, you know, I think it's a super relevant thing. But this is the third one now in this series of going through Bjork's reviews. So if this is the first one you're coming to, I'm going to go into a lot more details if you go check out the post review or the debut review because I've done both of those. So moving forward, I'm going to kind of go through that. At this point, I have gone through those earlier albums and I've come to really admire Bjork's video. Vision, I want to call it because there's just this way she sees music that I think is super fascinating like if you look at music from the more mathematical front that it embodies where you strip away the glamour and the gloss of the aesthetic of sound and look at the composition from a different point of view I feel like you can kind of understand that Bjork is able to take all of these regular rules and just kind of morph them into her own thing so that when you reapply all that aesthetic and sound to it it just comes off as this like ethereal experience that is doing something different than what other people are doing and I think that is really cool to all of this time later have music that stands out as still feeling distinct imaginative passionate 
on the way she writes in general it's it's pretty timeless like she knows almost how to not date her music because she's tapping into shit like core human emotion which is is pretty fucking universal and i'll bet that if people 3000 years ago heard a song bjork wrote about love they relate to that shit because she's tapping into that primal stuff that real reels because she's super interested from what you learn on the first couple of albums in extreme amounts of passion of emotional expression and stuff but as i understand it those first two albums were largely comprised of music that was kind of in progress before she had left iceland to go to london and this album homogenic is basically the first album that she put together that we can say is is basically new music so this is the bjork that has kind of come out of the forge of living through the city for a couple of years and kind of developing her identity you can almost say it's like a, a I like to think of it a bit of a phoenix rising moment like shedding off the old and embracing the power that is bjork in a sense you know so when i kind of picture how it would go you know and uh so it's kind of cool i, I kind of saw online a few people feel that this is like where her career truly starts because of that fact like she's really embracing it and it's all kind of like fresh and new so either way i thought it was a cool thing um as far as the album cover goes she looks fucking cool she apparently saw a model and wanted to recreate the picture and she wants to, to embody the warrior of love so she wants to show like the strength and the power of a warrior but like using the weapon of love i guess um and you see the strength because like she's got this giant princess leia like hair that's going on there but it looks like also like a samurai or what you would picture when you think of a warrior who would use something like more finesse like who's gonna come in and, and maybe slice your head off but they'll do a few backflips first because they're fucking crazy talented at what they do they're not going to be brute force with it like finesse is what i feel throughout the, the neck uh, elongating necklace things to show almost like protection like she her neck is not exposed you know like even if the rest of her is like that part seems to be very protected you know and then it's just this loose robe where it looks like a she looks badass and b she can kick the shit out of you but also with the look in her eyes this this fierceness this like intensity almost like a jaded kind of look i like it i think it's a powerful album cover that makes you curious whereas like if you look at like debut and post they have more of a innocent almost humane approach to it this is almost like a surreal look as like the human the hu like maybe like we're gonna go and less on like the more human side of things and more into the supernatural character that is bjork i think it's cool like you almost just see the progression as she's like taking her throne in a sense on this thing another point i would like to make about just trivia i guess i learned is that part of this project is that she had been gone from iceland for the longest stretch of time that she had ever been gone from iceland so she kind of wanted to take traditional icelandic sounds like the the music of her home and kind of get back in touch with that but also take all the knowledge and skills she had acquired working with all of these pop producers to kind of create icelandic pop stuff that is true to form but also understanding the macro level rules of what listeners around the world in a more pop sense want because there is a lot of math and just structure that goes into what makes something i guess a little bit more marketable at a global scale so 
I think it's super fascinating that Bjork like went back home and does like this super culturally enriching thing where i don't know if she actually went back home because i think she also recorded this in like a couple of locations and like over the course of recording this apparently that's when her uh stalker person uh passed away in the really weird tension i had learned about actually just before recording this uh some guy had been like mailing her and tried to take her out with like a bomb and shit so she like kind of went through some shit in the middle of recording this she was in spain for a minute she was in a couple of places and i think that's crazy cool that she can just like end up going to spain for three months to work on an album end up in iceland for a little while and like you know different songs kind of have the influence i guess of the different places they're from but unlike the last project where she wanted it to be a little bit slutty in terms of the the musical choices like taking from everything not being very specific in this one she kind of wanted to as i understand it take a more focused and like like universal more album-like approach that i guess in a more conventional sense um i i don't know a lot about homogenic it just kind of gets me to think sameness in in a sense like it's gonna be like i I don't know i didn't actually think a lot about the title it just kind of stands out because it's a word that you don't hear a lot and it works in that regard perhaps i should have thought more about it still i like to cover a lot more than i care about the title it's more that this is just a way to identify this album for me but now that i think about it i mean it's a it's a cool idea to just kind of give you a top level view of what the album's gonna be about and maybe just kind of some human universally shits Anyway, I don't want to waste your time anymore talking about nothing. So let's talk about Hunter. So these drums have this frantic, almost militaristic pace to them. Like the snares are, are being like ran like a marching band kind of style. But it's also like this hella cool, distinct rhythm that just kind of builds up and adds like this intensity to the song. And I think it's like almost the core of the emotion because everything else is kind of calm you know it's a little bit sparse there's some strings that come in just but like the beginning of the song has like almost like her going like vocals as like the more melodic side of the beat and just kind of the more rhythm section is what you're hearing you're hearing some bass and you're hearing like that drums as she kind of sings over her, uh, herself and then as the song builds up in emotion you'll have some strings kind of come in but still it's pretty much like those drums that cadence of intensity that that like brings it through and i think that's a uh, key to kind of maybe understanding the emotional state of this song which is not like thrilled i you don't i don't feel like this is the happiest bjork you're gonna get on this project uh she has determination though and like she almost has like this sadness in her voice as she sings like this realization of where her life has come to and we'll get into what the song's about in a minute i just wanted to cover these notes because i often forget when i do take notes on this kind of stuff and uh she uh let's just talk about the video real quick because i made the effort to watch it she she has some crazy face work i don't know how else to describe it but like you watch her face and the way she can just do these little drastic motions to like twitch her eyes or to just engage you is really powerful a lot more than you would think in this little video where virtually not much is happening but bjork kind of twitching around and some blue shit kind of pops off of her face and head and she sort of turns into an animal for a little bit in the middle of the video but it just kind of like flashes in like i don't know it, it 
it's a really weird video that I'll probably never watch again, but it did, I did enjoy looking at her eyes. They're very nice. They're a very cool color. And in general, I was so impressed by just her dynamic face skills. I, I don't know that many people can pull off a video like that just on the charisma that flows through them when they look at you with like their mischievous deviousness, which Bjork does in this video. As far as this song goes, um, it's interesting. Lyrically, it's if travel is searching and home is what's been found, I'm not stopping. So you get the sense that she knows where she's from because, you know, we have like the anchor song and shit where she's figured out her home is Iceland and stuff. But like travel and seeking out the human experience is a very important part of this. So she's found home, but she still wants to, I guess, go out there and investigate the world, perhaps. But then you got the chorus, which kind of changes that a little bit emotionally. It's I'm going hunting. I'm the hunter. I'll bring back the goods, but I don't know when. And um, I think it's worth noting that if you think about famous people from Iceland, Bjork's probably very high on your list of famous people from Iceland that you can think of. So, I mean, maybe it's just this weight on her shoulders of having to get up and go carry that like understanding like i she's powerful she goes out there and she creates hype for her country maybe she increases tourism maybe there's like literal fiscal and financial impact on bjork continuing to release albums for like her country like i can imagine that there might be a little bit of pressure and stuff plus once you become a little bit of a pop star and you're famous and you're knowing there's this expectation to keep going. I mean, even on this very channel, we got five patrons. If like we miss an episode, somebody might hit me up and go, yo, I was kind of sad that the episode didn't come out. And it's a reminder that even though it's only five people, there's still this little expectation that you have to keep going almost regardless, you know, because this is what it is. This is when you've taken on this kind of a life a little bit. I'm not trying to like, compare my grand to Bjork per se, but it's just what I thought of. And just this this tone of because like hunting's not like I mean, sure, it could be a sport. But if you think about the act of it, it's going out there and taking over and representing her country and her home world and maybe putting that effort into to making Iceland knowing because i can imagine in a pre-internet era there aren't a whole bunch of people doing this active effort to seek out icelandic culture so if bjork has kind of invaded the music scene and has this position where she's able to do it she can kind of like drop in and let the people know and then what i thought was super fascinating is then the, the bridge uh, i thought i could organize freedom how scandinavian of me you sussed it out didn't you so it almost sounds like she came up with a plan on how she could use love or whatever to to change the world and bring in her culture and she has this whole plan and then she has that how scandinavian of me line where she kind of describes in an interview where this is not a compliment she's icelandic they're not like the scandinavians in the sense that they don't organize well they're kind of free-flowing it's more of a tribal sense of there, there's no real schedules and everything so flowy so to kind of take such a logical approach of organization and control on maybe something so vague or ethereal as freedom is a silly idea which may have taxed out the energy because when i hear you sussed it out didn't you i mean 
my first thought is like you fucked it up right like this kind of went too far but then you got to think about it it's almost like she's scolding herself like oh you went ahead you went about this the wrong way you tried to like impose some shit nah that's not proper and then instead what she's doing here is she's using her like because if you listen to that music it's super distinct like i don't know that i know a lot of icelandic music so if we think about originality in a sense of our exposure to something new makes it sound original taking her culture and like doing cool shit with it so that i want to listen to it and it's not like too fucking weird as she's singing about some kind of interesting shit it's a really cool way to make me want to now go google other icelandic music so in a sense i think she accomplishes her goals in light of her intentions and all that but so she she's just taking this different approach is also maybe an organized assault but also kind of a weird thing to do or maybe it's kind of reflecting on the past approach she took on how it wasn't the right things to do and now she's ready to come in with a better effort either way uh as i understand it though she kind of maybe wanted to take a break and felt that there was a lot of pressures to keep going and to keep producing music at this point so you get that second verse where it's you could smell it you left me on my own to complete the mission now i'm leaving it all behind so it's like you there's like a sense of like she had a specific goal in mind and everyone else's goal maybe like the support system wasn't in place maybe people were all there at the beginning and like you see it a lot in hip-hop where that little verse can be like correlated to a lot of people who have achieved success who kind of think about how many people were involved when the mission starts versus how many people are at the this tenure i mean she's now easily four or five years into her solo career plus there was all the stuff with i think it's the sugar cubes so she's been like a prolific like a, a musician for a very long time she's been pursuing stuff for a super long time and now i guess there's just this expectation for her to to keep going and what i think is cool is she ends it out with i'm going hunting i'm the hunter she repeats it for a bit and there was this this you just didn't know me and then it's almost like people don't care about the real bjork they just kind of expect her to keep doing what she's doing without consequence without caring about the impact that it has on her because it's not about her it's about like the quality of the results so that's what i took from that i thought it was a super fascinating start to the project a really great and enjoyable song i gave it a 4.5 on 5 i can tell you that from this point on i was kind of excited for homogenic like i wasn't sure what to expect but i was excited so that's four bjork albums i've reviewed now and all four of them started off with some kind of a banger in its own regard that really hooks you and makes you want to keep going uh the next one is J yoga joga i'm not really sure what what it is there's like a creative approach to percussion on this album like definitely not standard drums like this effect driven experiences it runs through um the the music video to this song is a little bit it's one of those videos where technology did not at the time that probably looked next level hype looks absolutely kind of ridiculous today when you're watching it um a good way to look at it is play like a game like final fantasy 7 or, or any playstation 1 game and just take a look at how 
how what we once thought was fantastic graphicking is, is kind of lame looking back in the day so in this video you kind of get bjork on like a digital bjork lying on a beach or whatever and i believe it's just kind of cruising around this camera shot of a digital iceland as it's really jagged and you see stuff like digitally the earth splits apart and there's digital lava flowing under it and it's like i like the intention of the video but goodness gracious is it not a video that has aged that well in my opinion and i'm glad i watched it because it was like wow we have come a very long way in technology considering what i can produce in my room and that video i believe shaved two minutes off the song which probably had a lot to, which i think back in the day they would do that shit where they would make the video shorter simply because it costs a lot of money to create a video and so if you do have a couple of minutes of maybe not so single friendly stuff going on like a long outro or some ambient progressive stuff which isn't so single friendly for radio play uh you might want to shave that off is the kind of stuff that was happening a lot in uh, music history still this one's kind of calmer stringy it flows in um joga is apparently her uh the title is dedicated to her friend johanna joga yo i don't know how to say that name i'm so sorry who is somebody that she brings on tour with her she's her masseuse she's a, a, a person that helps her and it, it's cool because i think that simultaneously this song is dedicated to this particular friend of hers who plays like a healing role like think about what a massage and she teaches her yoga so joe and guys apparently yoga because uh, i wonder if it's just yoga the whole time and i'm sounding like a fool right now still it's like the healing properties of this person's characteristics but also simultaneously describing like her homeland and the healing properties that iceland has on her spirit and soul and stuff with this like super ambient feel to the whole song um there's a lot of uh, the, uh sorry about that there's a lot of kind of electronic effects that kind of reflect this a little bit of a dangerous feel to the song um in the verses you have all these accidents that happen follow the dot so as i understand it there's like volcanoes and all sorts of shit that can kind of like make living in iceland a little bit of a dangerous experience simply because like australia shit's trying to kill you just by being there but the idea of follow the dot right that's where like you would trace a line so what we see as this random a uh, series of circumstances even natural disasters per se is really this bigger plan to achieve the ultimate form of what iceland is to become and the people who live in that environment almost revel in the metamorphosis that takes place over time uh, coincidence makes sense only with you you don't have to speak i feel and so in a sense we can feel this connection so if you think about it from the perspective of both her homeland and her friend this entire thing kind of makes sense so the weird circumstances in her life that take place while she's cruising with her friend or the way iceland kind of metamorphizes and i think it's cool the way that bjork is able to write these songs to multiple circumstances at once which then allows you to invoke your own personal experiences and meanings and attach it to them because already it's written in almost a double entendre kind of way 
emotional landscapes they puzzle me the riddle gets solved and you push me up to uh this state of emergency how beautiful to be state of emergency is where i want to be and that's a crazy amount of interesting shit so as an artist you're probably more on the emotional side is an assumption one can make but at the same time emotional landscapes are a confusing thing like so many of us just spend our whole lives trying to figure out the human puzzle and just try to understand why people are the complicated mess of emotions that we are why we all do the things that we do um and then it's almost like when you're in the right environment and with the right people you kind of get the sense of clarity which pushes you and and kind of it makes you excel to a state of emergency which at first sounds kind of wonky but if you think about it from the perspective of somebody that lives in a place where a state of emergency might be a regular thing this is a beautiful sense of living this is home to her now if you think about life a state of emergency will often allow you to excel and push beyond your regular things so we had a personal family issue that took place a, a, a year and a half ago or so and it really changed my perspective and almost fueled me to figure out a lot of things and to almost be less lazy and get more focused and to, to figure it out so through the various chaoses in my life i can relate to the fact that having my brain in a state of emergency feeling a certain degree of franticness that chaotic energy it, it allows me to thrive and i kind of really thought that was cool it it is also where i want to be i mean let's be real when things are running hyper smooth and everything's going according to plan and everything just feels routine it, it's so boring to me so i love the fact that like my life in a sense is this constant perplexing situation where i keep trying to figure out how to achieve something next but then when i get there i almost you almost have to create a new state of emergency just to, to keep pushing it and i like the second verse all that no one sees you see what's inside of me every nerve that hurts you heal deep inside of me you don't have to speak i feel and that's a crazy cool part because it's like really directly shouting out to her home girl who is literally healing with the powers of massage through the nerves and shit so it's very direct but you can take the same thing and apply it to like literally anything in your life that grounds you like lately i have been finding great solace in playing games like witcher 3 and, and crozy these universes and running through it it uh calms me and it makes me feel less stressed in life so i'm, I'm just saying it, it, it is about what she wrote about but the fact that you can take those same things and apply them to anything in your life is truly excellent in terms of creating longevity in a song and she kind of repeats herself for a while and uh she says I don't know she says some alt sim hand sayer thing i'm not really sure what she means but it flows out for a while in this outro which is super ambient and you just kind of you just kind of get lost in the flow of this song and it's over five minutes which is a significant length but you never feel bored you just feel like it's this big experience that you're going on so i gave it a 4.7 on five i really really enjoyed listening to it on that note let's move on to the song unravel so apparently unravel by bjork is tom york from radio head's absolute favorite song um which explains maybe why i'm not the biggest fan of this song on this album i'm, I'm gonna get into it i promise i still admire bjork's creativity the passion i'm gonna it's all good but the sound of it is something i find less appealing than the previous two i'm also not a huge fan of radiohead so i was like okay 
that's cool to know that at least there's some like continuity in all of these different things I mentioned. Um, still, this song is pretty good as far as fitting the album. So if we look at like there's almost a bit of a story going on. She's out there. She's feeling like an emotional warrior. She has her solace where she can now get her respite and recover and build. And then we flow into maybe some of the more focus of the album with unravel so continuing the emotional jerby she has some gibberish which kind of feels some frustration and some tension there's like this kind of hissing sound that goes on inside of the beginning part of the song before she starts singing and then she's kind of missing somebody while you are away my heart comes undone slowly unravels in a ball of yarn and if we watch the music video for the first minute it's just these stringy things and i swear for about 30 seconds i was sitting there watching this going am i watching some like fan made video or just like a person like is this is this the real video and then about a minute in change and you see that it's all flowing out of bjork and then it's like her heart that's pulling it and it's kind of dramatic and it's like all of her emotions being sucked away because her heart is coming undone in a ball of yarns while the devil collects it with a grin, our love in a ball of yarn. So what we can unpackage from all this is if we think about like maybe her home or a love or kind of anything she's feeling connected to, she goes away for a while and then she feels like this longing for it. Now, there is that saying absence makes the heart grow fonder and if you've ever been in a situation where you live with your partner and you go away for a little while and then y'all like, we're talking like three or four days after living together all the time i can tell you that those moments when your partner and you arrive again together are quite extra feisty and connected if you catch my drift compared to the regular just because of that distance creating it like one time i was in pakistan for a month through work and i had a girlfriend at the time and honestly like it was it was it was a big deal like when you came back like a whole month of your life experiences change you all sorts of shit so when you get to this chorus that goes he'll return it so when you come back we'll have to make new love that was so interesting to me because of course we're talking about getting it on and banging like that's definitely what we're talking about you go away for a month one of the first things you're going to do is smash because especially if you are a well-behaved person over that period of time you are pent up and you gotta let it out that's just proper and the intensity of it all it'll feel like making love when it's all new and exciting because you know as time goes on it's not quite like the first few months of uh doing it when everything's crazy it's more of that there's a difference between in lust sex and i'm in love with you for years sex it's just a little bit different not saying anything it's just not the same intensities and stuff however i miss you sex it's hella good it's just right up there with new love so i totally get where she's coming from but when you add in the extra element of life experiences kind of changing people it's entirely possible that over the course of a couple of months even let's say Bjork goes on a tour or this person goes away for a project by the time you get back you could have had some crazy experiences that completely reformat you like I went to Israel for two weeks during uh, July 2014 which was an interesting time to be in that country and just I had some experiences that completely evolved the character of who I was as a person I can assure you that just the person I would have been dating before I went on that trip and after that trip it wasn't the same person you know and then Pakistan kind of had a similar impact on me it was 
like seeing the third world for the first time, working with these people, getting a perspective so different than the Montreal-based life I have evolves you. And then you come back to your partner and it is like trying to find a new connection point with that person. And in this case, six months later, or not even like three, four months later, we broke up. It was like that significant. It wasn't quite a happy ending, my little story there. But when I thought about what happens here over this process, it really is almost like this test of your love. Any kind of time there's real distance where the devil is going to come and put this super big strain on it and will steal what was previously there. And then in those moments where you reconnect, you have to put that effort into almost reforge your relationship, which is crazy when you think about it well maybe not crazy maybe it's what it's supposed to be maybe it's what keeps love interesting because fundamentally love is a choice that we make in my opinion like i choose to put the effort in to make sure that me and my lady uh have a, a significantly proper relationship it's not an easy thing like you you actively work at it and then it becomes a thing but maybe priorities can shift over that time so anyway the fact that like i could think of all this shit was super fucking cool but all things considered um it's very calmer it's slower it's like a it's like a softer song and i really just did not like it quite as much i still respect it and still think it's extremely well made and it has the same degree of subtle composition where things will trickle in and out and effects and things to make sure that it's not a boring experience but yeah this one's not really as much my cup of tea which is totally fine let's talk about bachelorette I didn't really catch this, but apparently the beat's kind of train-like in its sound, but you can kind of hear that train-like repetitiveness of, like, the wheels hitting the tracks and that particular sound it generates. But um, this is apparently kind of a return to the Isabel character, and it also features lyrics from the S-J-O-N poet guy, who also helped on Joga because she was struggling on that one, apparently... It was too emotional and she was being too corny being like i love her and love 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 and she didn't like it so she brought in the poet homie and the poet homie helped out and since the poet homie helped on the isabel song uh the poet homie came and helped on this one and honestly i didn't really catch it at first but when you hear the the flow and the prose of the lyrics you totally see the connection and even the overall vibe of the music of this song really connects to the same kind of ethereal grandioseness of the isabel song so i thought that was super cool so i'm glad i'm reviewing these in order so i can appreciate moments like that um where she's like i'm a fountain of blood in the shape of a girl you're the bird of the brim hypnotized by the world now that's cool so she's a passionate lady um all emotions and extreme and shit and bird of the brim hypnotized by the world that kind of makes me think of a person on the grind who's super business oriented maybe not passion oriented just focused pursuing busy you know the type of person i'm talking about uh and then bjork with her emotional connections uh connection desires as we know from her past music drink me make me feel real wet your beak in my stream game we're playing is life loves a two-way dream so she wants this person who's so passionate and so intensely invested in all these things to focus on her and to give her that thing to satisfy her because that's what makes her feel engaged and alive and she comments how love's a two-way dream at the beginning because in life you know it's a complicated situation but in order for love to work it's a mutual effort 
And then, you know, it flows into this chorus where it's like, leave me now, return tonight, tide will show you the way. If you forget my name, you will go astray like a killer whale trapped in a bay. I'm like, only fucking Bjork can somehow throw a killer whale being trapped in a bay, which is a sad fucking thing to think about. Like a orca just sitting there like free willy and shit. Only PR could really pull that out of nowhere and just all of a sudden a killer whale is on your mind. And that's really cool actually because we should be thinking about stuff like the whale situations and plastics in the oceans and shit a hell of a lot more. But still, it's just like so, so random. But also a pretty aptly metaphor for the situation because let's say you take into context the last song because unravel shows maybe the feelings of not being around somebody right and what is kind of going to have to happen when you reconnect and so i do believe that there's a, almost a flow of these songs conceptually together and in this case we look at her as she's explained kind of the benefit or the situation and the facts that come from separation and then you have this chorus which is like fine maybe in this moment i'm not whatever i this is the situation i'm explaining to you what i want and then we're gonna set go our separate ways and then either you're gonna find the right way back to me or you're gonna go the wrong way like when a killer whale chooses the wrong direction and gets trapped in a bay which is toxic and probably gonna kill that motherfucker so bjork will save it save you and your life and not having bjork is bad for you i mean that's some dope ass fucking shit because it's just, it's just so out there but conceptually it all really works and fits like i believe that is what we call style people that is a style thing that only a bjork could really really pull off um we get a complete tone change in verse two i'm a path of cinders burning under your feet you're the one who walks on me i'm your one-way street so now we get the sense that this person um basically takes advantage of bjork and we don't i don't mean it like take advantage but bjork wants their mutual affection wants this connection with this person and it seems like this person's only willing to give bjork their affection or their time or their desire when it's convenient for them and it's always on their beck and call they're not offering love per se they're just taking from bjork in that moment i'm a whisper in the water secret for you to hear you're the one who grows distance when i beckon you near so as she's trying to like pull them closer and maybe bridge and create this communication and this closeness together with them they on the other hand are in a sense pulling away and just you know it's almost like you can picture it like they're calling bjork over to fuck but like they don't want to do all the extra shit that comes through it or they want to have the superficial relationships and take the pictures and to go through all the motions because it's good for the career move but when it comes time to like deal with the problems and to handle the hard parts of it everybody dips out or you know like well we can do this on the low and you can picture all these almost suspicious circumstances of relationships that happen where Bjork's almost like hoping for a better moment, but it just doesn't happen. Um, and then we really see in the last verse uh, another kind of like twist on it all. Like, I'm a tree that grows hearts, one for each that you take. You're the intruder's hand. I'm the branch that you break. So you can see that it's almost like she keeps 
growing her love intensity over time or anything that happens she's always able to come up with another heart or do something else or to keep offering love or if you think about it in like a video game it's like she's donating her life force to this person and hearts makes me think of zelda um but then when she reflects on this she realizes that this person's taken all these hearts but really shouldn't have because at the end of the time they weren't like worth it so they're a bit of an intruder and then one day it's just you know the straw that breaks the camel's back and it's the branch that is broken now because it used to be something that was giving out hearts but now she's feeling a little bit burnt out and left out this shit's like a five minute song and it's absolutely absolutely fucking stellar so i gave it a five on five before i watched the music video and then i watched the music video and i was told i should probably keep watching the music videos because as much as this song is totally probably about a dude or a girl or whoever bjork's into i'm not really sure about her sexuality i don't care that much about that stuff um i mean people can do them that's what i'm trying to say it's not my business this video is fucking next level so it starts out and she kind of like paraphrases her life and her career uh, instead of being a musician she's an author so she's like she finds this book and it just kind of writes itself which is probably how her early music felt and then she goes uh and she takes a train and then she goes in and she meets the music uh, the book publisher guy and then she proceeds to get her book published and it gets put out and everybody's loving it so then um it migrates into the live performance of this story of her life which is kind of maybe how she feels her music has become and then you watch her recreate what you just saw in like the first minute of the video on a stage performance and stuff and then as it keeps going and going you can see how like the executive loses interest over time and moves on and just kind of like leaves her feeling high and dry and like the story is almost pointless and it was all like a kind of a waste of time and then i realized she's totally taking shots at the music industry and the way that they're treating her like oh you're only as valuable as you can keep coming up with new and interesting shit like you know she like took her whole life story and put it out and gave it to you and everybody loved it but when it was no longer the hot shit if you can't keep making new versions of your life story you know we're going to discard you we're going to get rid of you and i thought it was super cool because then when you rethink about this whole relationship it's like bjork went into music open-heartedly and shit and then it was a very much probably like everyone in corporate america one way street where the labels probably took a little bit more than they gave and shit like that and i thought that was a super cool extra layer that i don't think i would have thought about had it not been for this video to really lay it home in a really cool and creative way so it definitely just reinforced my five on five and it's one of those few music videos i think i'm really happy i ended up watching Anyway, the next track on this project is called All Neon Like. Apparently, this song is made up of snippets of a Bjork poem called Techno Prayer. I did not read the full poem. I just listened to the song, and I thought it was a, a very, very interesting track because I again found a way to relate to it in a, in a personal way. So if we look at this song, Not till your halo all over me, I'll come over. Not till it shimmers around your skull, I'll be yours. So in a sense, it's like she sees this person and when their purity is right or whatever and you get the sense of a halo over them but it also could be like the moonlight kind of shining down and creating a halo um or it could just be kind of 
you know, maybe when the person is in the right state of mind where they're like open and their their intentions are pure. So Bjork can work her magic. She'll be there. She'll be that person for you. So that supportive uh, role, in a sense, I weave for you the marvelous web glow in the dark threads all neon like. So um, you, you just kind of picture her sitting there and then I feel like she's controlling the energy of a situation. So I did describe, I totally believe she could manipulate the energy of a situation in a way that we'll, we'll get into. And she would say stuff like this sincerely, but like, there's definitely something to it. I mean, I was maybe a little bit skeptical when I was younger, but maybe there are people who are so in touch with the world and the energies of the planet that they can do stuff like take the, the, the negative flows and and twist them in a way where they're not negative anymore like it might be a stretch of the imagination it might sound a little bit weird but i totally believe shit like that's possible and i bet that these people see it in a sense where it's like these glow in the dark threads all neon like and that's what i picture so then the cocoon surrounds you embraces all so you can sleep fetus style and then i kind of just picture her being the big spoon with some dude that's bigger than her like she's like i don't know five five or so and then i don't know maybe he's like six two and she's just like holding this guy and he's all being because like us dudes we can be a little bit hard on ourselves in a sense where we turn into big baby lalas and we're just mopey and shit and you know, when somebody comes and, you know, takes care of us and makes us feel special, we, we get our shit together for a bit until we act like giant children again. So, you know, I could just picture this guy feeling like it was a hard day and broken and going through some shit. And then Bjork's using her magical energies of positivity and proper shit to like almost through osmosis migrate that shit to him through being a cuddling situation and you know the song kind of flows from there and she's just going to like help them up and like you just feel like she's going to attack and almost surgically remove the darkness from this person and then it just kind of ends with don't get angry with yourself don't get angry with yourself and repeats that and then it says i'll heal you i'll heal you and she had uh, and you're just like it's almost like talking to somebody you care about who you see going through some hard times where you can see that all they need to do is kind of understand that they need to forgive themselves and move on and embrace more love and positivity in their life and it all sounds so fluffy when you say it out loud and shit but almost all of us have done some dark shit almost all of us have gone through some shit at this point because we're not in the, the the nicest world so when you start to understand power of perspective and things like that you can realize that sometimes having somebody who has that such a powerfully positive energy they can like transfer that into you and almost give you a taste of it and if you allow yourself to let it wash over you in a sense and you embrace it you can be healed and a lot of us are just hurting which means we're just kind of hurt and broken so being healed is a cool thing all things considered I don't know, I thought it was super deep and super interesting, and uh, it was a super cool song to listen to. So I gave it a 4.75, it's really good. Uh, the next one is Five Years. So if we take a look at how this song flows, if we look at the love, the, sorry, the, how the album flows from like the love narrative. You have Bjork being forced to travel and roam and to be away from people. And then we understand that like being away from people 
can lead to a point where you know you kind of have problems we have to almost keep fighting to reinvent the love and to prioritize it and to focus on it and then she's gone through some kind of situation where she's feeling like she's giving all of her love and maybe she's not receiving it back quite with the same fortitude and then we see that she's almost upping her efforts and all neon like to like show look if you really just stop fighting this shit i can be the savior and the solution that you're looking for just kind of like submit to it let me do what i do so that we can achieve this next great thing and then it almost feels like it culminates to this explosive moment where bjork puts her foot down and it's like you know what fuck that shit um in the first verse you think you're denying me of something well i've got plenty you're the one who's missing out but you won't notice until after five years if you'll live that long you'll wake up all loveless so it's almost like you get the sense that whoever her partner is or was or maybe it's multiple people they are almost playing it like yo listen you're just a little prima donna i'm the shit you think you you think i can't get better than you you need me more than i need you and bjork is like yo you think that you have all this shit, but you're missing out on like this key thing that I can give you that you can't get anywhere else and you're not noticing it. And in five years, you're going to wake up one day and realize, oh, fuck, I made a mistake. And I thought that was truly interesting. Like, she's just kind of like, this is like her saying, like, this is how I feel today. You're a fucking waste and you're not going to know what's going on until it's too late. And the five-year point is 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 an interesting thing because it's almost like this person's going to go ahead and accomplish their five-year plan, which is what highly affected people tend to focus on these five-year stints and wake up and look around and recalculate, did I achieve that shit? And I only realized then, oh, fuck, there's this vacancy in my life that I can't actually uh, deal with. Um, and then in the verse two, the song starts to take on a more challenging tone. Like she's, she's fucking mad. Like she's challenging this person to, uh, be honest with their emotions. I dare you to take me on. I dare you to show me your palms. I'm so bored with cowards. They say they want what they can't handle. So all these guys or people in her life that claim they want the relationship and claim they want the family and claim they want the real shit when it comes down to handling proper emotional problems or to to actually doing what needs to be done they just kind of bail out and run away and, and don't actually aren't actually present and you know you see that kind of flow through and she goes you, you just can't handle love that's like the kind of chorus of the song you can't handle love it's obvious you can't handle it you know what's so scary about love not a thread in sight you just can't handle it like it's just blunt it's to the point she's just saying like you're a fucking coward i'm not interested in it's almost like bjork has reached an age where she's like i'm tired of dating boys i want like real men i want people who can do the grown-up thing i want people who aren't gonna talk to talk and be all flossy and look really good in the magazines but when it comes down to actually building a life and being a partner and to move forward or to even conceive a five-year plan with something requires that community communal like goals and efforts and and probably a hell of a lot of love and shit so i was super kind of fascinated by this one it sounds really great um it's got like uh yeah no it's just a really strong song uh I, oh, sorry yeah there's like this scratching dj sound like like it sounds like a dj on turntables scratching records that make up the percussion of this particular song which i totally loved right away and i thought really drove it forward and again it's a distinct and interesting musical experience as you can feel like more of her energy leaning 
less away from like compassion and more towards this almost aggressive energy like she's fucking lashing back anyway the story in my opinion totally continues on the next song which is called immature and i did the the mark uh bell's bell's version mark bell's well this song does not have quite as many lyrics as some of the others and it's the shortest song on the album coming in at just over three minutes it has a lot of emotional power to it so lyrically it's pretty straightforward how could i be so immature to think he could replace the missing elements in me how extremely lazy of me how could i be so and then she repeats that and then just kind of how could i be so sure uh be so immature i mean and it's pretty interesting so i've had a few relationships in my life they've ended and then you have this like rebounding reflection period and it looks like in this case because you know five years is kind of it kind of sounds like a little bit of a breakup or i'm ending this unhealthy situation in my life and then we're getting this other side of it where bjork's reflecting and realizing that even this like desire to have somebody else complete them or to require somebody else's love in such a way like there is some deficiency or inadequacy inside of herself that prevents her from being whole and the person she's trying to be is is stupid and what i thought was most striking is how she calls it lazy like instead of trying to work on herself and achieve and like figure out how to become a strong and independent person she has taken the easy or lazy way through this by finding love in relationships and and using maybe other people to fill some void in her life and this the idea that doing that is the lazy route the easy way out is a fascinating thing in this millennial era of serial dating and nobody really understanding how to be alone or anything because let's say millennials do not have a good handle on relationships they they really don't understand how to be alone is a fair thing and millennials are now age 20 to 38 so that's a weird age group to not fully understand independence alone and dating so just to hear that now understanding the world we're in knowing this came out literally 20 years ago 22 years ago it's crazy just to see the timeless and almost predictive or like the, the the predictive nature of this advice bjork is offering us all like yo it's immature to think that somebody else can complete you it's lazy to think you need somebody else to be a full person that's a really cool message that's a really interesting message and the the music is really calm and it just kind of flows through in this little vibe and like you can feel her passion and shit like she almost screams and all that other shit but the way the mixing and stuff works it's not that shrieky stuff that i'm certain some people i've heard some people are not a fan of her shriek because i've been talking about bjork a little bit more often in my life i like her shriek so it feels like a subdued shrieky scream going on here which still adds some passion you can still feel all the energy in her song like she's just so mad at herself for like wasting her fucking time with this dude when that's not even the right thing to be doing or dudes or or people i don't know anyway next track on the album is called a lot did i give it grade? if i didn't it's 4.75 we'll just keep going next track's an alarm call
I really like the almost beatboxy hip hop feel of like the actual drum patterns used on this song. It's got this great feel to it that just makes you want to bop your head and kind of vibe. Um, this feels like the poppy shit on the album, in my opinion. Like, if there was a song that was trying to be a single, I would say it would be this one. Not to say that she's that kind of artist, but apparently it was very much inspired by Michael Jackson. So it could just be by sheer coincidence of the effort she put into showing some love to somebody that inspired her she ended up making something that sounded pop because who was michael but the king of pop anyway uh it's it's a really fluffier kind of message in my opinion she's walked the earth and watched people it doesn't scare her at all i can be sincere and say i like them it doesn't scare her at all so she's been out of, out and about and she can admit that she can like people and that it's a choice that we have and that in cowardice maybe we choose to not like people but she can be sincere and she can honestly say with her experience of having met such a wide variety of people that she likes people and that's an interesting message because typically all you ever hear about is how much we fucking hate everyone which is stupid because we don't we pretend to hate all sorts of shit but we don't like ignorance and we don't like it when people don't treat us right but i don't think we really dislike people because when we get to know them as individuals we tend to really like people so we really like people and then pretend to just hate them because of just disagreements over subtle shits anyway you can't say no to hope you can't say no to happiness i would rephrase that as you shouldn't say no to hope and you shouldn't say no to happiness but i would also take the idea of hope and just say you should embrace faith that things will work out by taking an active role in creating it and not maybe play on the more passive side of hope where you wait for things to kind of work out it's just how i perceive those two words but you can totally say no to happiness but to embrace happiness is in my opinion a lot harder than to embrace the misery of the world so I get where she's coming from. This is just that like feel good Bjork, the world needs love anthem. And we know that that's the point of this because in the chorus, I want to go to a mountaintop with a radio and good batteries and play a joyous tune and free the human race from suffering. It's like so fucking sincere and like you can just like I kind of want to go on the mountaintop with the good radio and batteries too. It actually sounds like a really fucking good time. Um, play some dope ass music and erase suffering from the world. Like honestly, it sounds like a really cool time. It's just a little bit like it just it comes off so corny because every time people say shit like this, it's corny and disingenuous. But I think that Bjork is absolutely sincere with it, and I think she recognized where she was going with it too, because she did something that I that really like sold it for me. I'm no fucking Buddhist. Letting you know that she's aware of how all this shit sounds, but she's a real fucking person by throwing in the word fuck into that line and saying I'm not a fucking Buddhist, but this is enlightenment. Like, we all have to accept that maybe there is some truth in some of this shit, and if we want to achieve, like, a better place of an existence of being, you kind of need to embrace a little bit of a wiser way approach to life. Like, the rest, the less room you give me, the more space I've got. You know, like, I don't really understand that line, to be honest. But I guess it's just kind of saying, I, I don't really understand it. If y'all want to clarify that one and what your thoughts are, it's totally cool. I suppose it just kind of fits the theme of I'll make do and find more love and shit. Anyway, 
she really pulls it through in the third verse with this is an alarm call so wake up wake up now today has never happened and it doesn't frighten me it doesn't scare me at all and i I guess what she's trying to say is like look the world that we're in it doesn't have to be this way we can maybe make different choices and create a whole new world and this is my wake-up call that I am fully willing to admit that I believe love is the way through the future and I'm not afraid to preach what I believe to be the truth and I think she's really touching in to the part where it's scary to actually try to like live like that or to put out those kind of messagings because you know that people are going to attack you and you know that it's not cool it really isn't it's not cool to to be positive it's actually like perceived in a whole bunch of ways like me calling her corny here it's the same kind of shit but she's not afraid of that because she knows that this is the truth and i have to agree with her as i go on my own personal quest for enlightenment to become less of an asshole in life and to become a kinder person in general i've come to agree with what she's saying here your perspective and embracing the love of the world is super freaking important but yeah it's a cool song um i really enjoyed it I gave it a 4.5 on 5. It was like, I'm super positive, but still gangsta as fuck. And I like that. Anyway, the next one on the this album is called Pluto. It was on this song that I learned that Bjork and I were both uh, Scorpios. Not for any particular reason, but just somebody used the Scorpio mug in their um, annotation describing their interpretation of the song. So, first of all, the beat's fucking chaotic and intense and explosive and, like, almost a completely different genre than what we've experienced. So, if you think about it, uh, she's kind of gone through the breakup phase where she realizes that the lazy way in life is to be codependent. And then she's moved from that point on to all you need is love. And love is the powerful driving essence of the, the world. And then I believe that this is just like the build up to all of the emotions and everything. And she's literally just exploding. She's figured out the formula. She's ready to go off. And maybe there's almost an aggressive tint to the anxiety and the excitement that becomes attached to that as she's embracing herself and building up before like, we get to the conclusion of the album. Um, I literally saw that this could be interpreted as she drank too much and she's puking. She's masturbating and she's about to come uh and something else about just emotions in general building up which i suppose the ambiguity of it all could apply to those things but i don't personally see the masturbation in the ooze i'm not feeling that energy but i I guess it could be maybe i'm wrong it it is really ambiguous excuse me but i just have to explode explode this body off me i take it more on this energy force so like if we think about it Bjork is turning herself into a superhero. Look at that cover. Think about her goal of being the love warrior. So she's gone through this personal series of experiences of love and what it really means, only to discover the ethereal superpower that is love that will change the world and do everything good. And now we've come to this chaotic point, and it's the montage scene of like the, the movie where she gets like the cool series of superpowers and armors to go take on the whole like fucking enemies that she's got to take out. Like check out the second verse i'll be brand new brand new tomorrow a little bit tired but brand new because she's gonna go to war decked out with love kind of like the powerpuff girls and shit which is still badass and that's really cool and then just the oohs in the chorus and shit as she's singing it out it's just like explosive and it is almost like when you don't have the words for it and you just have to express like when you're in moments of extreme 
ethereal stuff of I guess orgasmic kind of moments so I can see where people get that from but I honestly take it more in the sense that she's supercharging her spiritual self into like going super saiyan in a sense and this beat this whole energy of this track is just the soundtrack to that explosion uh, she almost sheds off the old version of herself to totally embrace like what's to come and this war she's about to take on and the battles the cultural fight that she wants to jump into i think is fucking dope i just like i like to picture her as a superhero i guess either way it's a dope ass fucking song and to me it's kind of like her phoenix rise it's where she sheds off the ashes of her former self and rises up ready to go in the context of the granular story of this album and i do believe that that's an important thing to keep in mind is that i i at least think there's this granular story of exploration that's going on on this project um it is all meant to be linked based on the title is what i'm taking so i'm linking all that shit anyway i really enjoyed this one i thought it had a great energy to it and it was super fucking cool to listen to like it's the type of shit you can go to the gym and just like run to because it's got this fucking cool energy anyway the last one has a video full of robots uh shit so it's called all is full of love now like for real there's the bjork robot and you can see like her mouth is superimposed on this robot and she's like singing the lyrics out and then there's another robot and the robots make out and shit so there's robot love happening here um apparently this song was like one of the last ones done written after most of the album had been ready which is part of why it has like this serene not so aggressive feel that we're that the project has but simultaneously it really does its job then as serving its role as the closer because now she's jacked up as a superhero ready to go and take on the world with her powers of love we're kind of like ending on that that everything in life fuels her energy because everything in life is full of love so look at these lyrics you'll be given love you'll be taken care of you'll be given love you have to trust it maybe not from the sources you have poured yours maybe not from directions you're staring at twist your head around all is full of it's all around you all is full of love all around you and then that that really tells us a lot about what she's trying to communicate here so this is the kind of pay it forward mentality where you give maybe to somebody so you give chuck twenty dollars because chuck's in need and then chuck never pays you back and you're like damn chuck's a fucking asshole but you're looking at it wrong instead when you give to chuck you're putting out let's say a twenty dollar deficit into the energies of the world and then later on in life or maybe even it was earlier in life at some other point $20 had flowed into your life that came from another source and if the world kind of takes on this pay it forward mentality of giving out the positive energies knowing that in the grand scheme of things they'll be taken care of because other people and other sources and things that aren't maybe what they gave to are going to give back to them you'll create like this beautiful understanding of how much love and positivity is actually going on all around you instead of just oh well i gave to that person and they didn't give back to me so fuck them so like i i really like this it, it reminds me of my experiences with god and trying to understand how god speaks to you and how things take care of you and how everything's so convoluted you'll you'll things just don't play out the way that you expect but when you open your mind and you reflect and you think about the fact that like eight or nine unrelated sources give you the same piece of advice there isn't some transcendental factor that's maybe connecting this idea through things that you're not expecting of course there is just some guiding force in my opinion um 
either way i feel like she's trying to really emphasize that this is what her superpower has unlocked in her is the ability to see this and to share it and to like pass it around but all things considered it's like this calmer slower i feel like it's a less engaging song it's totally something where i feel like if you're really into the slower more romantic side of music you can put this on and i could picture how other people would be like enveloped with all these emotional experiences of joy and shit and myself i get where it's coming from and i'm like yeah this one's really well made but not entirely my cup of tea so i gave this a 4.25 for that reason really well made not my cup of tea anyway so i guess that brings us to the end of this project where uh for the album i gave bjork's homogenic a 4.59 on 5 i really like this album i don't know which i like the best so far but i really think that this is a very cohesive album it follows a core concept as we see this exploration of like a modern example of the complexities behind love and the drastic emotional shifts that you'll have with it from the wanting to give yourself completely to somebody to the point where you can't take it anymore to the point where you then reevaluate yourself and truly spend some time to build yourself up to the point where you're now capable of fully embracing love because you've learned how to actually see it and understand it meanwhile the music is super layered it doesn't sound like typical music that you would hear over in north america and shit so it's got this kind of freshness to it it's so well composed the wu-tang clan almost collaborated by the wu-tang clan we mean rizza so rizza almost collaborated on this album but was distracted and wasn't able to actually do it in time but i know that bjork and rizza have worked together before so that's cool um anyway i think it's totally worth listening to i mean this bjork journey has been crazy in like the last two months i feel like Bjork has exposed my mind to a lot of different ways to approach expression that a lot of people could benefit from like listening to anyway that's the end of this one thank y'all for checking it out I really like the fact that a couple of y'all are super excited for this series and it motivates me to want to get through the rest of her albums as quick as I can because I kind of like it when people get excited so feel free to show that excitement and that love as Bjork would want in that comment section you can, I will make that effort to respond to you if you make that effort to comment as anybody who has commented can attest to uh, I really do appreciate it feel free to hit that subscribe button if you want to see more content i will get through the rest of bjork's albums and then we'll figure out what comes next and then uh yeah you can hit the like button too because it tells youtube some stuff and a special thanks to the patrons ismail gadamsi jonathan barnes dj black hurricanes lindell williams and chris prado is support what we do they help us get a brand new camera they get to see content uh before it's released sometimes they get to tell us what albums to review so it's a good time all around over there and yeah other Otherwise, I make music myself, so you can check that out on this channel, and I would love to hear your feedback on that as well, and I'll catch you soon with the next review.